Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor Dag Heward Mills. In this Monday's teaching, Bishop Dag will explore another factor that is likely to make a Christian do well and prosper, and that factor is faith. Faith is a quality that you wouldn't perhaps think is important when it comes to prospering, but today's message will provoke you to recognize its significance and the difference that having faith makes. Bishop Dag will teach you seven ways that faith can lead to you being a Christian who is likely to be rich and not poor. You will increase in your understanding of the relationship between faith and prosperity after today's blessed word. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this opportunity. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Numbers chapter 6. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name on the children of Israel. And thus I will bless them. Amen. So blessings come by saying. When someone says something to you, he says, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel. Number 6 verse 23. On this one, or this is how to bless the children of Israel, saying these things to them. Amen. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. So when you say the Lord bless you and keep you there, the person is blessed. So this is how to bless. So this was a teaching for priests. Amen. So today, as you are giving your offering, blessings are going to come upon you because. In the book of Acts, it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, it says, I have showed you all things. I've showed you all things. How that so laboring, you ought to support the weak. And remember that the words, the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Amen. So may many blessings come on your life. Amen. Amen. So every time I say a word to you that is a blessing, then you are um, blessed. Amen. 
So everything that I declare in your direction will come to pass. Amen. Every generational curse hanging over your life is broken today in Jesus' name. Now, Derek Prince was interviewed and he was asked in the interview, I listened to the interview again, and he was asked why did he start talking about curses? How come he started to preach about curses? Because he was known for speaking about demons, demonology. So they asked him, why did you start preaching about curses? And he explained, he said that he found out that when people are delivered of evil spirits, it is not enough to end the problems in their lives. What he has found from his experience is that there are curses that are lingering in people's lives, sometimes from another generation. And so he found out that if you don't deal with the curse, uh, problems continue because it's a persistent issue, you know, that keeps coming up. And so even though you, you dealt with the demons, so this is the man who brought, the, even the word demonology came from Derek Prince. I mean, well, that's where I heard it from. But he said that he notices that people are not really helped and, until you even start to deal with the curses and then the origins of curses. So one of the ways to deal with curses is to bless. Amen. Whatever is dead in your body bounces back to life today. In the name of Jesus. Every victim of job losses and job uncertainties is delivered today in Jesus' name. Receive settlement and receive a stability in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Every evil pursuing you, targeting you, locating you, is blocked from your life today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everything is turning around in your, in your favor by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every contractor without anything to do is receiving a job now in the name of Jesus. Are there any contractors in the church? Contractors who are walking around without anything to do, receive a job in Jesus' name. Every supplier without anything to supply, receive a, a job to supply in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is blessing your life. Amen. Every oppression is broken in your life. Every spiritual husband, spiritual wife that has married you. Huh? Malata soma kabarandalaba. Every demonic presence 
You know what? These spiritual wives and husbands, you know, people talk about it. What, what they are saying is that there is a spirit with you that is like a husband and a, or a wife. And so that doesn't allow the actual wife or spouse to come. So that, yes, yeah, like you are married to somebody else. You know, something else is with you, sleeping with you. Nakato baranda la mashadalabadala. In the name of Jesus. So the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, whatever is a curse in your life, you know, the Lord is breaking it. Curses come from disobedience. Disobedience brings curses. And curses become the inexplainable, unexplainable reason for someone who is blessed who still has a curse. Something is wrong. So, you know, maybe you live in America and it's like the whole world envies you because 5% of the world is in America. Everybody would like to be in America, but you are in America, but you are not happy. You get what I'm saying? It reveals a curse. Yeah. You have the most beautiful woman as your wife, but you are not a happily married person. You have the nicest man for husband, but there's no joy. It's like, Something goes wrong. Something. So everything is okay except this. But the except this is very powerful to take away everything. So the curse, the presence of a curse, one of the ways to overcome it is to be blessed and to do things that bring blessings. Now, how do you do things that bring blessings? One of the things is in relation to an authority figure who can bless, like God who can bless, or his servants. He says, speak to Aaron and his sons and, on, and tell them that this is how to bless. So a priest or the pastor can bless. So the more blessings you say amen to and the more vehemently you possess the blessings, do you see, the more they will happen practically in your life. Amen. That is why I am this morning, as we are about to give this offering, blessing you and saying that the Lord bless you and may the blessing over your life remove or neutralize the presence of an ongoing curse. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, another way to bring blessings, you know, so that there is no curse or the curse is neutralized, is to give. Do you see? Giving. Because of this verse in Acts 20, 24, whatever, it says that Jesus said, This was Paul giving his speech. 
35. Paul, this is last, the longest sermon of Paul. In fact, if you want to take a sermon of Paul, like Ephesians, Colossians, Acts chapter 20 is Paul speaking. Like Ephesians, Colossians, and it's a long thing. All the way to the end. And he said, it is more blessed. It was one of the things he said, to give. So when, when you give, a blessing comes. And then in Malachi, he says, bring the tithes and the offerings, and then I will pour you out a blessing. Okay. Some of the curses in your life, there's nothing really you can do about it. Like, truly, you can't change it. But if you are cursed to go down, and then you receive a blessing to go up, I mean, I'm sure you'll be midway if you put the two together. You get what I'm saying? So I'm, I keep on encouraging you to do things that bring blessings. So if the blessing that's bringing your demotion, the curse that is bringing your demotion, then your blessing that is bringing your promotion. So they meet in the same individual. And what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You are blessed to be 90 years old and you are cursed to lose 20 years of your life. You meet around 70. Before I realize you are crossing 70 with ease. Amen? How many feel you've done things that bring curses? Huh? Yeah. Most of us have done something that brings a curse. And then your parents. Your parents who look so good today. Correcting you all the time. Thou hast no idea. How naughty they have been. Oh yes. Even the reason why some of them know the bad things you do is because they were experts themselves. <laughs> oh yes. So whatever brings a curse. Yeah. Now, for Jesus to say to Judas, it would have been better that you were not born. Do you think there's anything stronger than that? I don't think there's anything stronger than that. And what did Judas do? Judas betrayed the trust that God gave to him. So Timothy, you know, in 1 Timothy, if you don't mind, we look at it. Verse 12. According to the glorious gospel which was committed to my trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. According to the glorious gospel which was committed to my trust. I thank God I thank Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, for he counted me faithful. He thought of me that I'll be faithful. Do you see? And put me in the ministry. He really trusted me. 
and put me in the ministry. Huh? Are you, are you glad that God trusts you? Now, he trusted someone whom we wouldn't trust. Because in verse 13, it says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Now, I think that when God gives you mercy, do you see, it's a great, great trust that he places in you. Amen. It's a great what? Trust. Amen. Yes. In Acts chapter 26, verse 9, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about an offering, but I'm still, I'm just talking. You know? Verse 9. He says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things, eh? to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. That, that's how I was. Okay? I'm talking about curses. I'm saying trust. I'm talking about trust. This is which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I did shut up in prison. So Paul imprisoned many people. Hmm? Wow. Having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, like, not one person, they, plural. It's not only Stephen that he supervised his death. Just when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. That's, that's Paul. Like, a number of people were killed under his supervision. Are you, are you watching? Yes. I mean, why don't you change the version for this one? I hope you are enjoying our nice new screens. Huh? Huh. All right. It says, change the version. When they were put in prison and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Amazing. This is a man that God is about to use. Wow. God is great. Then the verse 11. And I punish them often. You know? You see, this shows repentance. He is not sparing on giving the details. He's not saying, oh, there were some things that were not right in those days. There were what? Some things that were not right in those days. He is not uh, economical in declaring the truth of God. 
concerning his life. He says, I punish them often and in every synagogue. Huh? He's giving the details of what he did. No, that is why he's clear of those things. You see, badness is not unforgivable. Paul is an example. And, and he said, God counted me faithful. God considered that this guy will be faithful. That's why he forgave him. He looked at the guy and said, you, you'll be faithful. So even though you are some way, I'll forgive. Look, look at the details. Look at the details back to Acts. It's scary. He says, I punish them often. And in every synagogue, and I compelled them to blaspheme. Like, I made them say bad things. These days, I watch people who say they've confessed their sins. And I see a difference between many people and Paul. Paul could preach with it. He could even write it. He could write it. Because he was far from it. He was not sparing. Always notice when people are sparing and economical with their so-called confessions and apologies. Uh, what, did, what was it that I, you said I did the other time? Um, yeah, yeah, you said uh, uh, I wasn't, uh, I, I betrayed, yeah, yeah, I betrayed you. So I betrayed you. I just, uh, I, I confess it now. I'm confessing it. And then last time too, you said I, um, Took some things and yes, yes, I, I, I stole. I stole. I stole. I've, I've stolen before. God should forgive me. Do I accept my apology? That's not how Paul apologized. He, he was now giving us details we don't know. He was talking to King Agrippa. I punish them often. Hey! I compel Say Jesus is a fool. Say Jesus is a fool. Say Jesus is a fool. Say it. Jesus is a fool. Say it. It's, we, we didn't know. You too, you didn't know. How many realize that all these details you didn't know? Tell them to raise your hand if you are not conscious of it. Yeah, you didn't know. Huh? And then what? Now it's going on. And being exceedingly mad against them. Exceedingly what? Mad. That's, that's how come people never um, confess and get free. They never get free because they are not like Paul. And the Bible says, Paul said that God, God saved him to set him as an example, as a pattern. We actually use the word pattern for all those who will repent after. He saved him as a pattern. Oh, yes. I was exceedingly mad. Most of us don't confess our madness. When the madness came, you don't say the madness. Just, oh, I don't know, but I, I don't have any explanation. Just, I'm sorry. Paul said I was exceedingly mad. How many have been exceedingly mad before? <laughs> I think this side are more, uh, more like Paul. This, this, uh, this side are stiffer. This side are stiffer. 
Then he continues. And I persecuted them even unto strange cities. You see, he's giving the detail. I persecuted them to this extent. This is the extent I, which I went to. Not just, oh yes, I've, I've been involved in persecution before. It's something I wanted to confess. But last time I said it. But I, I've told you before that I was involved in persecution. Have I not told you that I've, I've been involved in persecution? Before? And it wasn't only me. We were, there was a group of us. whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest it was it is this same thing that he was now taking this persecution work all the way to Damascus if we ever go to Israel by the grace, we go up to Golan Heights and at the Golan Heights, it's straight to Damascus. So you understand when Paul was going to Damascus, we go up to the Golan Heights and straight is to Damascus. Straight. You see that in Galilee. Second Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 11. Look at it. Behold, this self-same thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort. Now, you see, we are talking of how to end curses. And one of the things you see with Paul is that he said he imprisoned people. So God said, okay. You know, God forgave him, but something followed him. When he was speaking here, he was a prisoner. This was the third person he was under. In fact, the fourth person. The the first person was a man called Claudius Lysias. That was the first person who arrested him in Jerusalem. Then he became a prisoner of Felix. Then he became a prisoner of Festus. Then he was under Agrippa. And then he appealed to Rome, and then he was taken to Caesar. So he never got out of prison. And because remember, he put a lot of people in prison. Oh, yes. You remember, he beat a lot of people, so he, he never stopped being beaten till, till it was over. Oh, yes. You see, perhaps the blessing of God to call him and his faithfulness balanced that he would not die, just die. And I, okay, you live with some persecutions and beatings and arrests and imprisonment as a balance against the curse that should have come upon him for what he did. Yeah. No pastor experienced beatings like Paul. I mean, we never heard of Timothy being beaten, Thomas being beaten. And all these people, but the bitter was beaten. People don't realize that what you sow, eh, you can easily reap it for the rest of your life. And you may meet your meter. Look, there were 40 people who put themselves on a fast. They said, We are going to beat Paul till he dies. We are fasting, not praying for victory, praying to, 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 to beat Paul. And when he was saved, he was saved by someone who would imprison him. He was saved by someone who imprisoned him. 
Felix imprisoned him, Claudius Lysias imprisoned him, and they took him in the middle of the night from Jerusalem to Caesarea. When we go to Israel, you will see where Caesarea is. Caesarea is not where Jerusalem is. You need to drive like about one hour and it's by the coast when you come to Caesarea. It's, it's, it's quite far. So in order to save Paul's life, he moved him to Caesarea, and that is where Felix was. And then Felix, when he was leaving power, when he was going power, he didn't release Paul. He rather handed him over to the next governor. So there's this guy who's been left here, so you can sort out. His case is very complex. We don't know anything that he has done. No one released him because he didn't release people. Maybe he should have fried in hell all his life. But God said, I forgive you for being a blasphemer. Meanwhile, laws are in place. Yes, laws are in place. Exodus 34, verse 7. I will never leave clear the guilty. God said, I want to clear guilty people. Look at it. He will by no means clear the guilty. Are you still around or you are leaving? I don't care if you leave. I'm preaching from the Bible. Yeah. These are realities. Are you with me? What I'm trying to say, I'm trying to bring about a blessing as we are taking the offering. And I'm saying that these curses and things, they are real things. They are real things. Now, 2 Corinthians 7, 11, I didn't look, I didn't comment on it. It says... For this self-same thing you saw, I'm t- trying to reverse that. We're trying to reverse. Every car has reverse. You, what, what, how do you show that you are sorry? Paul really showed that he was sorry. He could even give the details of it. He said, what carefulness. You have to be very careful. When you are saying sorry, don't say, look, remember the last time? I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I came with somebody to say sorry. What again? What I said last time, that's it. Then he said, what clearing of yourselves? You see, Paul is clearing himself of this horrible killer of pastors following people. Madness, madness, madness. What clearing of yourself? Look, underline it. Carefulness. Underline, there are seven words. Carefulness. Clearing of yourself. Then what indignation? He's now angry with those things. But many of us are not angry with the past. You still have the numbers of your old boyfriends. Some of whom are married to others. And people's wives. 7-11. What fear? People don't fear curses. That's, that's what, that for that I'm sure. If you feared curses, there are certain things you'd be afraid to do. Oh, yes. No matter with who or whoever, you have to fear curses. You have to fear your handling of things that bring curses. I'm talking about bringing blessings in your life by giving. Amen. Indignation. Then what vehement desire. 
So this is how to see when somebody is really sorry. You see all these seven characteristics. You see a strong desire in the person to do what is right. Then, what zeal? You now see the person is zealous. Not that the person is just the same as he was before. Everything is the same. So Paul was so different from how he was before. In fact, are you there? And then what revenge? If there is a way you can, I mean, get your back or undo or take revenge for what you've done, you do it. And that was Paul's life. I mean, he was determined to witness in Rome. Yeah. He witnessed before Felix, Festus, Claudius, Lysias, and in Rome, and King Agrippa as well. It's King Agrippa that is saying all these details too. So, it is important as a church that we undo the evil that has been done and get ourselves ready to experience for ourselves the goodness of God, but be aware. Because if you don't fear, you may never know. Because sometimes when a curse is playing out, you don't even know. So what does this have to do with it? Sometimes if you see even your parents doing something that brings a curse, you should be worried. You say, hey, Daddy, this thing you are doing can affect me in the future. Oh, yes. It can affect you. It can affect you. You can be affected. So, any opportunity you get to undo in your life what you have done, you must take it. And one of the opportunities you have every time is to sow a seed. It's an opportunity to bring a blessing to your life. Because it is more blessed to give. How many never thought of the fact that Paul put people in prison and he was also in prison? He never thought about it. Eh? No, he was in prison. Everybody kept him in prison. Even when they could have released him, they all said, we don't find anything wrong. Go to prison. You, you'll be there. <laughs> One place, they kept him for two years. Allow him his space to walk around, but he should be still a prisoner. And when the guy was handing over power, a new governor was coming. He said, oh, he should be there. And he left him there. Yeah. He was never released. And they kept him, and then he died in Rome. It is believed that he died during Nero, the Emperor Nero. That's how come Roman history is of interest to us. Augustus Caesar is of interest to us. Julius Caesar is of interest to us. Because after Julius Caesar came Augustus Caesar. And it's Augustus Caesar who was the Caesar when Jesus was born. That's why Augustus is of importance. He was called Octavia. And then he became, so Julius Caesar, that we hear of Macbeth, the story, is both literature and history. Some people don't know that Julius Caesar is both literature, there's literature of Julius Caesar, and there's history of Julius Caesar. They are both existing, and they are both true. Do you see? And then Julius Caesar's nephew was this Octavia Augustus, who became the Caesar. And then Nero, a very wicked man, was the one for Paul. That's why, that's why it's of interest to us. Roman history. You wonder, what, how, do you, how does it help us? It helps us because Jesus was in, the, in those days. 
Are you listening to me? Yeah. Listen. The reality of curses, blessings, persisting in people's lives is, is, is something you cannot run away from. Some people, when you look, you say, this person is blessed. It keeps working. It keeps succeeding. It keeps growing. There's a blessing somewhere. Some people, there's a curse. And most of us have both working. So Paul had both, eh? Now, now, Paul was going to be, I would say that apart from Jesus, perhaps the most famous. I mean, it was definitely a blessing, but the punishment and the curse was also there. Because he touched the body of Christ. He says, I, I do not deserve it because I persecuted the church. I persecuted the church. So, any time there is a chance to join, maybe they are buying a bus, join it. Maybe they are building a hospital. Join it. Maybe they, are, maybe they are giving to prisoners. Join. Maybe they are paying tithes. For tithes, you should join. Because that's when you are building the house of God. Maybe they are sowing towards evangelism. Join. Anything that you can put your... I heard Bishop Oedebo saying this. Actually, that's why I'm saying it. He said, I never hold back. If there's something, I join. For a blessing. Always join. Because I tell you, the cases, they are real. How many are worried about the things you've done in the past lest they start cropping up as harvest, harvest crops? Yes. But Paul, listen, he said in 1 Timothy 1, I think it's verse 12, he said, I thank God that he counted me faithful. Yeah. So you know, God is looking at you and he said, you, eh, I'll forgive you. I've decided to forgive you. But there must be a reason. There must be a reason to forgive you. What considerations does God have when he wants to forgive you and somehow balance the curse that seems to be coming with a blessing? He says, I counted, he counted me faithful. And then he put me into the ministry. He knew that I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Oh, yes. There are many times I, I wish to die than to be unfaithful to God. I wish to die before that time. Oh, yes. I wish to die before. If I will be unfaithful, I should die before. Yes. I would prefer to die. That is how committed you must be to the blessing that God has given you to serve him, to love him. Is that you will go out of this world before you do something that represents unfaithfulness to the one who loved you. So, brothers and sisters, I'm sure you are wondering whether this is an offering, but it is an offering. Yes. It's the presence of the Lord. God wants to rescue us and somehow give us an opportunity to live in this wicked world with blessings that somehow counteract things that are legally supposed to be 
Even doctors these days have stopped asking certain questions. They just ask you, does your mother have this? Then that's all. Does your father have this? Does your mother have this? Your father also has this. Okay. That's all. And then it's this. Your mother has this. Eh? Your father has All about your uncle. Oh, I don't think my uncle has anything. Look. People are born, they look like their uncles. Have you not seen somebody who looks like his uncle? And somebody who looks like the auntie more than the mother? Why are you arguing? Today is Sunday, you are arguing. It's possible that something came down from your uncle. Yeah. And something came down from your auntie. In Ghana, nephews and nieces um, inherit their uncle's properties in Ghana. I mean, among some tribes. Because they say they are sure that it's their sister's child. But their own child, they are not sure. <laughs> when you live long enough, you'll understand why, why, why they have that rule. Old people are not as stupid as they look, you know. Yes. Tell your neighbor, old people are not as stupid as you may think. They are not stupid at all. Alright. How many want to do something that can bring some kind of a blessing to your life? Yes. A blessing. Isaiah 65 and verse 8. It says, don't destroy it. Destroy it not. For a blessing is in it. So today a blessing is coming to be in you. And because of the blessing, you cannot be destroyed. Now ask your neighbor, are you from the stingy type of family or you are from the generous type of family? Because every family we have stingy and generous, two types of families. And you realize that you grow up that way. When the meat in the stews that you make are small during your time you are growing up. Even when you grow up and you can afford bigger meat and more chicken, you see that it will remain secondary school size of chicken, of meat. Have you noticed that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because you never knew that it's possible to have a bigger piece of meat. That the meat can be bigger than the rice. Oh yes. The meat can be more than the rice. (laughs) Many of us grew up with big rice, big fufu, big kenke, big whatever, and very small meat or fish. True or not true? When even God blesses you and you can have, it never occurs to you. Some of you, God has blessed you so much. 
you see a lady carrying oranges on her head. Like that. She's sweating. She has got a child at her back. When you, how much is one orange? 50 pesos. When you add all the oranges on her head, eh, of which she's an expert peeler, she can peel it like this, and then it will come white, it will become white. When you add all, the money is how much? 30 CDs. And her profit for the whole day is five CDs. And God has blessed you to buy all. But you still, I mean, a millionaire. You still, you still, you still buy one. And you collect your change wildly. You see them arguing over the change. That's why I'm asking you what type of family you come from. On two occasions, I learned something from my father. Oh, yes. We were around, I think, Adabraka. And he was driving. He told the driver, stop. Uh, Somebody was selling kebab. And he he told them, buy everything. He cleared the whole kebab seller's mountain of kebab. I was in the car, so I ate some. (laughs) But when he bought the kebab, I learned something. Do you know what I learned? It is possible. I learned that what it is possible to just buy everything. Oh yes, because he could have, he never bought one. He ended the guy's business for the for the for the evening. Yes, but you see, sometimes God blesses you. Still, your offering is very small because you are used to five CDs, five CDs, five CDs. You don't know how to. I'm, I'm waiting to see that you give the word, the full word, like that. You just put it in put it in like that. You just hold it that it, it can't be squeezed. Those of you who squeeze offerings, squeeze, squeeze. What is this type of offering? You take the word like that, you put it in. You've squeezed offering all through your poverty years. And when God elevates you and you can put the word in, you still don't put it in. You still be collecting change. Oh, yes. So today, I want you to become generous. Why? Why do I want you to be generous? So that you can invoke more blessings. Oh, giving brings blessings. Giving brings blessings. Do you know why we are building a hospital? We built a hospital for cripples, like people who have lost their legs and arms and hands. Only for that, and it's free. Our hospital is free. Now, do you know why we did it? For blessings. There's no profit for what? I need a blessing rather than profit. How many want some kind of a blessing to just flow into your area? I need a blessing. Oh, yes. And God is going to give you many blessings as you love him 
and you do the things that he shows you. All right. Tell the person next to you, you, you remind me of Paul. You remind me of Paul. I feel you are a very bad person who has gotten saved. You know, you remind me of Apostle Paul. What did they say? They said, oh, it's not, it's not me. You see, you don't want to confess fully. Ah, Paul there is giving details. Paul said he went mad. Paul said he went mad. You will not say that you went mad. Do you see that we are not as good a preachers as Paul? Like Paul. Yeah. Hmm. Alright, take your offering and let's pray. Take out your special offering. And um, God is going to bless you as you give this special beautiful offering. Wow. Father, bless us as we sow a seed today. Lord, there are many things for which we should die. But Lord, we trust you that as we also do something that brings a blessing, you bless us mightily. We give you praise. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in the house of God today? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you glad to be in the house of God today? Then can I hear a big amen from you? And put your hands together for Jesus one more time. Amen. The Bible teaches us that Jesus has redeemed us with his blood out of every kindred, every nation, every people, every tribe. And today as we celebrate International Sunday service, we are recognizing how the power of God transcends every tribe, every nation, every group, every people. Amen. Oh, amen. So we're going to hear a testimony from our sister Zoe from the First Love North American Church. about how God saved her and changed her life. Amen. Hello, everybody. My name is Zoe. I'm from First Love, North America, New Jersey. And I want to share a testimony about how God has changed my life. Okay, so I grew up in um, a Christian home. Uh, I didn't have any parents, but I grew up in a Christian home, and it was just like a religious thing, you know, church on Sunday, you know, baptized just because they said so, and, you know, it, it, it wasn't real, you know, I didn't have God in me, right, so I lived a terrible life of sin since childhood, right, I, um, I stole a lot, I lied a lot, like, you could, like, Every, everything I just lied, you know? Like, you could ask me, like, Zoe, did you eat the cookie? And the cookie will be on my mouth. And I'd be like, no, I didn't eat the cookie. Like, you know, I would lie so much for no reason, right? And, you know, I, I, it was wild, yeah. And I just had no shame. I didn't care, you know? I just went through life, like, not, not caring, right? And um, so I got to college, and <laughs> college, yeah. It was wild, yeah, I, 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 I dove into a lot of things, right? I started drinking, like, from Wednesday to Sunday, just drinking and smoking and drinking at the same time, you know, smoking a lot, right? And um, I, I got into some things. I started committing fornication. I got, it, I got introduced to sex, right? And, you know, it was an all-the-time thing, right? I, um, it was so bad, like, you know, it even got to a point where it was just like every week I was like, yeah, like, 
you know, I'm a virgin again, you know, like every week I would just act like it was nothing again, you know, like, so I would restart every week, mercy, right, and, you know, it was just a continuous cycle, you know, of just living in sin and partying and just not having to care for this world, right, okay, <laughs> and uh, what happened How did that next, change? Right? <laughs> yeah, so, um, one day, right, my, my brother actually passed away, and I began to think, like, yeah, dang, like, where, what happened to him? Where did he go? I was just so upset. My heart was broken. It's the first time anybody in my family had ever died. Um, even my grandmother to this day is alive, you know, but he passed away, and I began thinking, like, what is going on? And um, so I, I was still insane. I was just thinking, like, about hell and things, but... It didn't, and nothing occurred to me, you know, I still continued in my life, right? And then one day, May 8th of 2020, my friend Sarah had invited me to Flow Unity service. And um, I, in America, it's 8 a.m., right? So I logged on, I came late. I, I, I even came late like 10 or whatever. Whenever I felt like waking up, I came, right? And um, I saw a prophet preaching. And um, I had no idea what he was preaching about. I, I can't tell you. But I was just watching him and, and him walking across the stage, you know. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? Like, I, I just, I had no idea what he was talking about, right? And um, so, but something occurred to me. Like, I felt as though that I had to keep watching him. And I was trying to pay attention, but nothing was happening, right? And, um, but something told me, like, to listen to what he had to say. So I came the next week. And I, I came on time. I woke up at 8 a.m. I don't wake up at 8 a.m. on Sundays, like, because Saturday I just got done being drunk, you know. But, but I came at 8 a.m. and I was watching Prophet, and I started from the beginning, and I kept coming every single week. And then, and then, right, um, people from First Love, New Jersey, started messaging me, started showing me love started inviting me to service, started wanting to get to know me, started asking me questions, inviting me to church, and I'm like, what are all these, you know, what are all these, right, but, but so I just started coming, right, seeing Pastor Benjamin preaching and things, I, I decided, you know, I need to give my life to God, right, I, I gave my life to Christ, I got baptized, I, um, my life completely changed, guys, like, listen, 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 right? So I, I began to read the Bible. I began to read the Bible, and I was reading all these things that were sins, like drunkenness and, you know, reveling and, you know, rivaling. <laughs> and I, I read the word fornication. I'm like, what is this word? So I dictionaried it, and it was like sex before marriage. I was like, hey, oh, I wasn't supposed to be doing that, really? So, you know, I... I, I I stopped it. Immediately, I stopped it. Like, and I was like, oh, no. Like, on, I can't do this. I can't go to hell. I can't. I can't. So I, I, I stopped it, you know, and I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped partying. Like, I stopped all those things, amen. And, you know, so my life just continued to transform and change and get better. And I just, I just want to say glory to God. I just want to say glory to oh, God for on. saving me. Put your hands together for Jesus. Rise to your feet. You know, yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I didn't have parents growing up, right? But, but the Bible says that God uh, is a father to the fatherless, and and God was a father to me when I had no father, right? And He also gave me a father. 
He gave me profit, and I thank you, profit, so oh, much. Oh, I think you should for put your hands together. I thank you, profit, so much. And give Jordan so a shout of praise. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, prophet, like, you changed my life by your preaching. So, prophet, like, don't stop preaching. Don't stop teaching. You know, don't stop doing what you're doing because you changed me. You changed everything about me. And, you know, I just want to give you a hug, prophet, and say thank you because, you know, without you, I wouldn't be here today. All right? And, you know, that's, that's my story. Wow. Glory to Come God. Come on, put your Glory hands to together for Jesus, for the power of God. Amen. The Bible says Jesus has redeemed us. Every nation, every tribe is not only for Ghanaians, but it's for everyone else. Amen. Amen. So what do you want to say to everyone who's listening so, to you today? Yes. So I, um, I had actually gotten saved during the pandemic. So the pandemic was actually a, a, a catapult to me being saved. I know a lot of people passed away, a lot of people backslidden, but God used the pandemic to actually save me and put, and you know, Flow Unity started being online. So because I was watching, you know, that's what, that's what happened. But what I want to say is, you know, like, as you're watching Prophet on stage, people in the back, you know, as you're watching, pay attention, really listen to what he's saying. Your life will be changed you know, and just, you wow. know, just, just believe, just believe, you know. Amen. Yes, yeah. Yes. All right, so God bless you. Thank you. For your testimony. Amen. We have one more testimony from Isabel in North America. Put your hands together for her as she climbs up the stage. Do you feel the power of God in the church today? Tell us your name and what your testimony is about. Hi, my name is Isabel. I'm from First Love Bay Area in California. And my testimony is about how God has completely transformed my life and saved me through the ministry of Prophet. Um, so before I was saved, I, I really liked to party. So I used to go out to New York City, like go to the bars and the clubs, and I was drinking a lot. I was doing drugs, like drugs to keep me up to party, then to help me go to sleep at night. I was living in sin. I was in a worldly relationship for four years, and um, all these things I was doing every weekend. I had no real concern about where I was going after I died or what I was doing with my life. Um, until one day I went on Instagram on social media and I saw a flyer for the Who is Jesus event last November that Prophet had. And like for some reason I, I didn't even want to respond to it. Like I didn't want to know who Jesus was, but I found myself typing like, what is this? And so it was my shepherd now who sent me the information on the Who is Jesus event. And it was like, I didn't want to go. Like she sent me a Zoom link to go to the church service online that we had in New Jersey. And it was like, I didn't want to go, but for some reason I found myself clicking the link. And after a night of partying on Saturday night, I came back early for some reason to click the link and go on the Zoom service. And on that service, I gave my life to Christ. Aww. And that was, <laughs> and that was the only service that was the only service that I came to alone. From then on, I, I had realized that, like, wow, heaven and hell are real. 
And I, I started calling all my friends and like witnessing to them and, and trying to bring them to church and stuff. And they're like, wait, but last weekend you were just partying with us. And I, I, I was really trying to bring everyone along just because I realized that no, now it's on me that I have this knowledge that heaven and hell are real. So it's like I have to tell someone. Wow, wow. And, and so then my shepherd sent me the camp Ready at 20. And after I watched Ready at 20 and Prophet was asking people all the things that they've done by 20 years old. And I was like, I've done all these things and more probably. So I, I realized that no, I can actually do something for God by past 20 years old. I can actually do something to, to bring people to Jesus and bring people to church. And from then on, I just became so convicted and like I, I was even trying to like witness to my family and like anyone that I came in contact with on social media or anything. And, and everyone thought I was crazy because they were like, two weeks ago, you were just doing something completely different. But within two, two weeks, I, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped drinking. I broke up with my, my boyfriend and um, I just got rid of my entire past life by the grace of God, yeah. And um, I, within like about a month later, my shepherd had told me about um, what it means to be a shepherd, like to be a basenta leader. And she told me that I could actually be a basenta leader and, and work for God. And so I, I became a basenta leader and now I'm, I'm trying my best to, wow. to be wow. a good Christian. Within well. about six weeks of giving your life to Christ. Yes, yeah. please. Wow. Yeah. So in, in a matter of weeks, after just hearing Prophet, after giving my life to Christ, after watching one of his camps, it was like my life had completely transformed. Like the old Isabel had completely passed away. Like I, I just didn't care about the old things anymore and I wanted to have a new life. Yeah, amen. Oh, I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And um, what would you want to say to everyone who's listening to you? Yeah. Um, what I would like to say to everyone is, is that I didn't know that all the problems that I had in life, all the things that, that I had difficulty with, all the things that I was struggling with, all the sin that I was committing, it was all, it was all the result of sin. Like Jesus was the only answer that could solve all of my problems. And I just want to thank Prophet so much for his ministry and being able to reach people all around the world and people of all different kinds because I never would have been saved if it wasn't for you, Prophet. And so I want to thank you so much. Wow. Amen. Yes, amen. So God bless you so much. And we have our final testimony. One more testimony. Amen. Oh, come on, put your hands together for her. Yes, so tell us your name and what your testimony is about. Sure. Um, my name is Emma. Um, I'm from uh, Tennessee in America. We're here with Bishop Henry. Um, we're very excited to be here. Um, but yeah, um, my testimony is actually slightly different. I, I grew up in a Christian home um, growing up reading the Bible. I went to a Southern Baptist church. My, my parents are actually first-generational Christians. So none of my grandparents are Christians. No one believes in God. They believe that there's too much evil in the world for there to be a God, which obviously we know that is not true. 
right? But, but then they set the foundation for Christianity in my life. So I grew up believing in God and talking with him. But about four years ago, it became my life with a side of God. I talked to him when I needed things or when I was feeling sad. And, and we just would go to church on Sundays and just be good Christians. Um, but then I began to be very self-centered and I, I lost sight of God and I, I had an idol in my life. I used to do a sport and I gave all my money, all my time, all my effort, all my energy. I'd even go to grocery stores and I'd tell people about this sport and invite them to come. Like, what is that? Right? So God actually, he called me out one summer. I was on a road trip with my family and he called me out. I went and opened my Bible for the first time in I don't know how long, but on that road trip right before my scripture, I was literally like reading pornography. And right after that, God called me to him. And I began reading scripture. Um, and I remember reading about um, a verse where God says, whatever you give up for me on earth, you'll be rewarded a hundred times in heaven. And when he pointed out that idol, very clearly I heard God say, let this go, I have something better. But those words, let something go, I have something better. And I looked at him as best as you can look at a God you can't see. And I said, okay. If, if you say that, I love this thing so much and what you have is better and you have a reward a hundred times what I love. I want that. I want to choose you. And I used to go to camps where I go to, you know, um, concert and I get a spiritual high and then I go right back down again and I start to wonder. But this time I chose to pursue God and I decided to read a, a chapter in the morning and a chapter at night and just to pray and spend time with God. And during that time, my love for God really grew it really began to grow, and I, I fell in love with him to the point I'd be watching a movie with my family, and I couldn't wait to get away to spend time in the Word with God. Wow. Like, that's not something I'd ever experienced before. Wow. But as I was growing in my faith, I remember reading in Scripture about the Holy Spirit, about many people coming to Christ in one day, churches being built, um, prophecies coming true, people praying in tongues, rising from the dead, being healed, de demons being cast out, people being anointed, all these things. And I didn't see any of this in my church or in my life or anywhere. And I remember sitting on my bed and I prayed, Lord, if there's something more to this Christian life, if you're the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, you know, like, if there's something more to this Christian life, I want it, please give it to me. And not long after, I met Mame in my community college. And I met her actually in a Christian um, group. I was about to leave because they just talked facts and did nothing. But she mentioned a verse in Matthew's about missions. And I said, I have to talk to this girl. And I talked to her. And she was just starting with Senta in my community college in wow. Virginia. And she brought me to the gathering service in Richmond. And that was the first time I'd ever heard anyone pray in tongues. Wow. I had never heard anyone pray in tongues. They were praying. I'm like, what language are they speaking? I wasn't sure what it was. But since joining this church, I, I've seen all of these things and scriptures coming to pass. Wow. You know, my church used to draw a line between scripture and today, and it's not true. It's not true. God is the same God yesterday and today and tomorrow. And if he can do those things in scripture then, he can do them now. And he's doing them through prophet. So, Prophet, I want to say a big thank you for sending missionaries to America. I, I could have began pursuing God and then found a church that led me during chasing miracles or chasing something else other than God. But this church focuses on soul winning and church planting. And God uses the spirit to pursue that and grow it and further it. Wow. Wow. So, Prophet, thank you so much for sending missionaries to America. Wow. On, thank you for me. finding me and helping me to grow in ways I never could have otherwise. Amen. So.
Come on, God bless you so much. Amen. We have one more testimony. So tell us your name and what your testimony is about. Hello, my name is Isitu from First Love Hanover in Maryland. And my testimony, it started like when I joined college. Um, I was into a lot of things before. Like I was into girls, I was into partying, I was into drinking. But um, I started going to a community college in Maryland and some girl walked up to me. She was like, oh, do you want to come to my Bible study? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm not really religious. I don't really want to. I'm not really into that. She was like, oh, it's okay. Just come. And I was like, okay. And I went. And when I went, I was like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I don't want to come back. But um, we were fellowshipping after. And they were like, oh, can you take this guy home? And I was like, yeah, okay. I'll take him home. No problem. And as we were going home, we got into a car accident really bad. My, my side of the, well, I hit somebody like really hard. So their side of the car was crushed. My side of the car, the, my whole front of the car was off. Oh. And I was like, ah, God, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> like, is this a sign? Is this something you're trying to tell me? But for weeks, I ignored the girl. She kept texting me. She kept calling me. And I was like, I'm not, don't, please, I don't really want to get into your God thing if he's going to come in. Yeah, but one day, she kept on texting. She kept on texting. I was like, okay, I'm going to just go. And the very first service, I gave my life to Christ. Wow. Yeah. The very first service I gave my life to Christ. So my life went from like dealing with a lot of girls. Like I have at least a girlfriend a year. And then <laughs> since I was younger and I went from smoking and drinking and I didn't even start all that until my senior year, 12th grade. And then my life completely changed. Hearing the messages and just by being around because honestly without the dancing stars, I don't think I'd be standing here today. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know I could do something for God. I didn't know that my talents could be used in the house of God because my dad was Muslim and my mom was a Catholic. So therefore, I just thought like, oh, going to the mosque is you sit down, you stand up. You go to the Catholic church, you sit down, you stand up, you kneel down, you stand up, you sit down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what this church thing is. But I came and this ministry has completely changed my life. It has completely changed my life. And I'm so grateful for Prophet for sending people to North America and for believing in young people because the girl that walked up to me, I didn't know her from anywhere. Like, actually the day before I went to a meeting and she saw me there, then she walked up to me the next day, besides the point. But I didn't know her from, other than that, I didn't know her from anywhere. But she still walked up to me because Prophet preaches about, just invite people from your school, do this, do that. And she did that and that's why I'm saved. Wow. And that's why I'm here today. Wow. Oh, come on. Put your hands together for Jesus. Do you not recognize the power of God at work in our church? Yeah. So, what would you want to say to everyone who's listening to you today? Um, I want to say that God has a plan for everybody. No matter what you've been through, when you did it, how you did it, God has a specific plan for you. No matter how long it takes for it to happen, God is choosing you. God is picking you out of, like, the, the woodworks. He's, he's selecting you to come and do something for God. So that's all I have to say. Wow, come on. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you. And we have one more testimony. Oh, I can't feel the excitement. Let me see the excitement over here. Over here, you're so dull. Amen. So tell us your name and what your testimony is about. My name is Justin from First Love Church, D.C. 
And my testimony is about how God really changed my life, you know, through the preaching and the teaching of prophet and through um, his encouragement to serve the Lord. You know, I was saved at a very young age. Uh, my parents are even biblical counselors and deacons. So we think that, oh, this person, by all means, he will do well. But it wasn't true. Um, I was into so many things, pornography, masturbation. Ah, when I was 18, my hormones were up here. Yeah, it was, I was wild. And, um, but, you know, when, after, you know, I, I went to undergrad, you know, I started to meet a lot of strange women and who were more wild than I was. You know, you would think the guys are bad, but I tell you, some women are even worse. <laughs> And so, you know, there was this one, you know, girl in particular that I was interested in. You know, we were flowing, but then we began to do some really uh, naughty things. And uh, slowly but surely, I felt my heart was being pulled away from God. And it was like I could sin easily and not have a care. It was like there was no real conviction. And meanwhile, my, you know, if I, if my, I didn't tell my parents because I knew if they knew, ah, I tell you, the, the way they would rebuke me. So I was like, no, these things are on the hush-hush. But so, um, you know, after I, I moved back home, you know, some years after I graduated from, from undergrad, and I just felt that I was, I began to become so depressed, and I no longer wanted to go back to my parents' church. And so every Sunday morning, they would wake up and say, look, you need to go to church. And I said, no, I don't. I'm saying. Meanwhile, I'm living in their house free of charge. But still, I was like, no, I'm not going to church. You can't make me. And I had a serious argument with my mother one evening to the point where I, I left and I was crying. And I, and I don't even normally cry. I'm real tough, you know, monster trucks kind of guy. But I tell you, my, my heart, I was like, this, this argument that I had with her, I felt like killing myself. I was like, I felt like dying. And I understood because she's also the one, she did, not only gave birth to me, but she also ministered to me towards salvation. So I said, the way I dishonored her, I said, I felt my life was, was over. Um, so I told the friend, I said, I don't feel like, you know, life has just slapped me in the face. I feel like it's knocked me out. And she interpreted that to mean this guy, he's going to do something bad. So she called the police, you know, and she had them do a wellness check on me at my house. And uh, my dad's a retired police detective, 30 years on the force. So when the police came to my house, I said, uh, my dad came down the stairs and he said, listen, you know, there are police here and they want to see you. I said, oh, no, am I going to be arrested? What did I do? I didn't do anything. I'm a nice guy. And, you know, they, 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 you know, I went upstairs, my dad was sitting there, my mom was sitting there, and the police were there. It was like three or four police there, and they were checking on me. And just the way the conversation went, it was like, we don't trust that, you know, you're somebody who's not going to harm yourself or somebody else. So I felt like I was trapped by the answers that I gave them. So they made me go to the ER and do a check. This was the lowest of the low. You know, and so I remember being in the hospital, the people that were standing outside the door, they made me strip down. Um, the woman who was like holding the towel up while I got undressed, I was like, oh, she's not even looking like away from me right now. This is the most disgraceful situation that I've ever been in, you know. And I was there from midnight to like 5 a.m. Uh, and it was the most awful experience I had. And um, I was like, I'm so depressed right now. I can't even do this. The car ride there, the car ride back was off. I said, no. You know, I'm not depressed anymore. I will no longer associate with this sort of thing. And um, then, uh, you know, one day I was still continuing about my routine. 
I would walk up this certain road to Dunkin' Donuts and get a breakfast sandwich, get juice, and come back. That was my routine. But one day, I discovered a church, and I saw beautiful women carrying food into the church. And I said, ah, you know, my parents were encouraging me to go to church. This must be a sign. So I said, I'm going to go check these people out. Um, It turns out it was QFC Philly and under the leadership of Reverend Fletcher. And I love this man. I I love him so much. I mean, the love that I felt emanating from him. There was a, they were celebrating him for some reason. I I, I joined the belonging that I felt instantly, the connection that I felt with them. Um, I knew I just had to be here. During the celebration, he came and sat down next to me and I just felt his love instantly. I've never felt that from anyone, just emanating from them. And uh, I said, I, this is where I am. This is my church. Wow. Um, you know, wow. And, and afterwards, they asked me for my information. They you know, gave me a card, write down you know, all these things. And I was like, oh, why do you guys want all my information? But okay. And while they were doing that, they gave me a meat pie and a ginger ale. And I said, I'm home. <laughs> So I continued to come back. Just two weeks later, somebody from the tech team said, hey, you're going to learn this tech stuff? I looked behind me. I said, all right, sure. Yeah, why not? So I walked back. I began to serve. And one by one, I just felt the favor of God descending upon me and all these things just falling wow. away. Wow. You know? And the favor that I, I received by, by just serving him, I knew it was a real thing. I was really walking in his favor. Um, and since then, my life has just been filled with service, and my relationship with God has just gone to another level. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Yeah. So, you know, I began to serve, and I just began to serve, and I saw that there was so much more to this walk with God, you know. And, um, you know, by God's grace, I, I was planted there, you know, and, I be, and, and then I discovered that there, this is not the only church. There are multiple branches all throughout the United States and also the world. I said, I thought that you could only have one church. I was like, how is there more than one, you know, church here? And, and so I was connected to First Love Church DC under, under Reverend Gabriel. And I continued in it. So I understood the wisdom of prophet. It's like wherever you go, we will have a, we will have a family there who will welcome you and who will allow you to continue to grow so that you don't backslide. So, is there anything you want to say to I just want to say, you know, my revelation is that it's a great thing to serve the Lord. And I understood because QFC Philly showed up right in my hometown. So I understood that it wasn't me looking for God. God came and found me. Wow. Wow. The word says he devises ways to bring us back to him. I felt that. I felt that. Oh, come on. Put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Rise to your feet. Have you been blessed by these amazing testimonies? You know, the power of God is at work in our church. And God says that the gospel is the power of God. So today, I don't know what you've come here with. I don't know how bad you are. But open up your heart. God's power is ready to come into your life and change you. Put your hands together for Jesus.
wonderful International Sunday with international songs and international testimonies. Oh, I don't really sense your excitement. God has already given us many messages today and uh, God has shown us the power of meat pie and ginger ale by his grace. Receive your anointed meat pie and ginger ale. In Jesus' name. And now it's time for an international word. Are you happy to be in the house of God today? This is the only day I wear it, so I have to, you know, adjust it. So, I feel excited. I don't know what God is going to say. From the time, from, from the beginning of the service, I could sense the life of the Spirit. Remember, prophet taught us that the spirit gives life. Do you remember that? And I could sense, when the choir was singing, I could sense the impartation of life. And I believe God has so many things. You know, now I'm so encouraged about the live stream. The testimonies from America have encouraged me that we should keep our cameras on. Sometimes you don't know what's going on on the other side. But I thank God that the message that he has put on the heart of our prophet is reaching out to people who are not even here physically. And so today you are welcome if you are joining us by live stream. Um, and welcome to all of you here in person. It's time for the international word from God. The spirit brings life 
every dead thing in your life is coming to being. Every wicked thing is being cancelled out of your life and it's your time for a miracle. The Bible says he sent his word and he delivered them from their distractions. Today, as prophet preaches, everything that wants to destroy you and everything that wants to finish you, by the power of the word of God, you are being set free. Do you believe that nothing is impossible? I can't hear you. Do you believe nothing is impossible? Come on, let's sing this song of faith that says nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Come on, let's sing it together. International Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Happy International Sunday. What a blessing. Now, Jesus is very international. Did you know that? Jesus is not a local champion. He's an international champion. There is nobody and no culture that Jesus doesn't impact. No matter who you are, Jesus changes every type of person. Yes. So it is important that we remember that when we are 
doing things. That Jesus is for everybody. Jesus affects everybody. Everybody everybody can receive Jesus. We learned, I learned about Jesus from Americans. From Billy Graham, Salvation. From Kenneth Hagen, the ministry. From T.L. Osborne, the great evangelist who came to Ghana. I learned about Jesus from Bonke, a German. A German. Pure German. Um, I learned about Jesus from Benny Hinn, a Palestinian. An Arab. I learned about Jesus from Derek Prince, a pure British man from Cambridge. So Jesus is very international. I learned about Jesus from Bishop Oedipo, a Nigerian. So many, 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 he affects everybody. It's the same message that is applicable and works everywhere. So we must always remember that. And that is why on International Sunday, we celebrate the fact that we are from many nations. Though we are many, we are one body. Amen. And it's important that we remember that. The language we speak in church is English, even in Ghana, unless it's a trees church. But our church in Ghana is English-speaking. All right? It's not tree-speaking or Ghana-speaking or Ewe-speaking, unless that's what it is defined to be. And in England, it's English-speaking. All right? We got to remember that. Because that's very important when you want to build an international church. You know, do you remember? Don't speak in any language that you know. I don't know if you've seen that video. It's a little video. A guy was holding a bag and he just dropped the bag and said, then he moved away. You know? (laughs) And everybody ran away from the place. (laughs) No one knew what he was saying. (laughs) So, it's important that we maintain we maintain an international environment. Amen. All right. That is a great blessing. Now, today I am uh, sharing just a short message already because I think all that we've had has taught us something. Now, I just want to make a quick comment. It has taught us that the online things are important. And that's why Satan would like to use the online to fight the online so that we, we go offline. You know, but the online is important. Online, healing Jesus TV, all these things. People are saved by just watching their phones. That's one important lesson. Number two, another important lesson that 
those who serve the cold drinks. I hope they still do. Huh? They backslidden. Those who serve the cold drinks and meat pies after church. Please, it has saved somebody's life today. We've heard the message. So, make sure. Emphasis on cold. Hot Coke is different from cold Coke. It has been proved to be a very important ministry today. Those who work on Instagram today, somebody said, I saw this on Instagram. And that's how the person has been saved. It led, one thing led to another. Another person is saved. Those who work on the Instagram, you should know that something you do can save somebody's life. Then, dancing stars. Somebody said that if there were no dancing stars, she would not even be saved. The dancing stars have helped her to be in the house of God. So those of you who are against dancing because you can't dance. Do you see? Some of us know that we can't do the dancing, but at least we admire it with our eyes. Yes, we admire with our eyes. We know we can't dance, but we, we can admire the dancing. And then you can dance inside. Yes, inside dancing. What else have we learned today? Huh? Branches. Beautiful girls, yes, beautiful girls. He saw beautiful girls going to church. And he decided to follow the beautiful girls. So all sisters must be beautiful. And you must make yourself beautiful. Now remember that God made you beautiful naturally. Without all the plenty extra things that make you look like a cadaver. Make you look like a dead body. How many sometimes see somebody with a lot of makeup and all that? Does it remind you of a a coffin and a dead body? Does it remind you of that? It reminds me of that sometimes. I look at them and say, it's all fake. Because you are naturally beautiful. Yeah, without all that, you get more points. Yeah. What a great blessing. So... Um, every little role that you have to play, remember, it is a real blessing. Amen. So, another quick announcement. Next week, Saturday and Sunday, we are having Higam, the first Higam meeting. Higam means he gave gifts unto men. So... We're going to have, a, it's like a, it's not a convention, it's a higam. Yes, it's a higam. So, Saturday and Sunday morning and, yeah, morning and I don't know whether evening. Because we are here now, it's evening now. Prophetic encounter and gospel in the morning, uh, in the evening. All right, these two. All right, so Reverend Eastwood will be here next week. 
for this Higam uh, service. Those of you who don't know, those of you who don't know him, he's a great man of God. So that that is going to be a blessing for us next week. All right. So make sure you are here, and uh, it's going to be a powerful blessing. Are you excited about that? He gave gifts unto men, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed in that service. Amen. Fantastic. Now, likely to be rich or likely to be poor. So, we are on likely to be rich. Second Peter chapter 1. It says in verse 8, likely to be rich. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. All right? Then he says in verse 5, Besides all this, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. All right? And to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity. And if these things, verse 8, if these, everybody say, if these things are in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Change the version, please. Change the version. Change the version. Are you enjoying your new televisions? All right. That's a great blessing. If you possess these qualities, all right, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. All right? So ineffective and unproductive. So in other words, you'll be effective and productive. Okay? So what are the qualities? The qualities are the ones that he listed in verse 5. First of all, there was diligence, then add faith, and to your faith, virtue. All right? So one of the qualities that will make you productive in life, you're likely to do well if you have the quality is diligence. I spoke about that last week. Now, another quality which is likely to make you do well is the quality of faith. Amen. Now, faith. What is faith? All right? Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So, faith, honestly, is a quality that you wouldn't really think that would be important when it comes to prospering. But indeed, faith is very important when it comes to prospering. Yeah. What, what is faith? Faith is an assurance. You are sure of something. Of things you are hoping for. And then evidence of things you cannot see. Okay. Now, the other day I listened to Derek Prince speaking. He was being interviewed. I think the last interview before he died. And he said, 
the problem that Adam and Eve had was really a problem of mistrust. Yes. He said mistrust, distrust, suspicion, disbelief. And he said trust is more important than even believing. Because you may believe, but you've not developed until you trust. And so when, when Satan, hello, help me with some volume. When Satan tempted um, Adam and Eve, he tempted them to not trust God. That's it. In all my years of inviting people to be missionaries, to send people out, to work for the Lord, the main thing I feel is mistrust. Yes, we don't trust you. We trust the world. We have more confidence in the world, the world systems. There's more assurance there. There's more assurance of the future. More assurance. So your problems begin in your life when you don't trust. If you have a marriage where you don't trust, marriage is finished. It's finished, finished, finished. No matter how they say I love you, it's finished. The marriage is over. Trust is the foundation. No, Christianity is called a faith. So what people don't realize is that when you start tampering with trust, trust issues, you are tampering with the whole thing. It's going to fizzle out. Look, everything ended for us when we didn't trust God. Everything ended. The greatest negativity that I, one of the greatest negatives that I've experienced in my life is mistrust. It, it's never said I don't trust you. It's never said, you, no, no one ever says that. But that is definitely something that we struggle with, is to trust. Chrissy, what do you think? I think so. It's trust. Do you see? When it comes to full time, you trust the bank, which from time to time lays off everybody. Uh, 5,000 people are laid off. You trust them more. There's more trust in, in this, the world, in the, whatever the world has to offer. People will leave and fly to Ghana to join NPP or NDC to campaign. You know, and even denounce their citizenship in other countries so that they can become a member of parliament or something. It's amazing the amount of trust we have, you know, for a possible job, maybe, possibly, maybe I'll be appointed for three years out of the four years. So, likely to do well, likely to be rich, somebody who's trusting. That is why when someone does something to your life or to your relationship, that you cannot trust a person again. The person has taken away from you the life of the relationship. Yes. And the, the truth is that everybody needs people to trust, to live. You live, you need to marry, leave your house, and your wife is in the house, you trust her. Not that you don't trust. What is she doing when you are not there? 
or who is she texting or what is she saying or what is he saying when you are not there so when you take away trust there's no more marriage you've struck a dead deadly blow at the marriage at the relationship relationship is finished think of all the churches we have they are based on trust what somebody is doing in california i have no idea today is sunday they are having church in papua new guinea i'm not there i don't watch videos of the church services i am not checking what they are preaching i am not checking this checking that it's trust if you take away our trust you've taken away our church it's taking away our pastors it's taking away our bishops because you've taken away trust all right so where you take trust away you've taken away a relationship finish so those of you who have sometimes you uh, you 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 play with the issue of trust you know anybody that you are not trusting you can't really relate well with the person it will always be a problem so in some relationships where you've not yet married and they are already investigating and already checking you haven't even started you are the biggest idiot to continue and marry the person you are a fool and i haven't called your name but to me you are a fool i mean those who are already married you can't they are committed the goalkeeper has come out of the goalpost. he's coming to catch the ball maybe you can't come out of it but you are not yet why do you still insist on marrying somebody that you are investigating already surveilling the person monitoring the person and suspicious of the person you are a fool to marry the person because i'll tell you that you are going to find some people who are more easy to trust people are different there are some personalities that are easier to trust there are some people maybe they are so friendly that you don't trust their friendliness it's like you are too friendly you are a ladies man like you are a smooth talker the way he smooth talk to you you, you realize that, that if he turns to the right and he gives the same kind of raps I mean everybody's going to fall you get what I'm saying are you there or you are leaving yeah so there are people that are more easy to trust why not why not why not break up and get somebody easier to trust you can't be here and be checking your phone so i've got a video in my house i'm watching what is happening at home i'm checking i can see here i can see here i can see here i can see here i mean you come home you are checking your husband's uh, pockets you know, one day a sister came home and she was checking her husband's pockets to see if there's any evidence. And you know what she found? You know what she found in the pocket? Shall I tell you what she found in the pocket? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. It's not a secret. That's not a problem, I can tell you. But I don't know if I'll tell you, but I can, I can tell you. Oh, yes. She was checking and she found a lab test. Yes, laboratory test for not for COVID, <laughs> for sexually transmitted diseases. That's what she found through her checking. This is what she was looking for. 
Have Adam and Eve prospered by not trusting God? They lost their accommodation in the Garden of Eden. They lost their favor. They lost their position. They lost their security. They lost their relationship. They lost everything by not trusting God. Yeah, that God can do it. God can take care. God can supply. They lost everything. So, many of us, we don't trust things at all. Like, you don't trust at all. Because you've heard so many things. Oh! This guy is this. This one is this. This one is that. That's what makes you not trust people. Oh, he's like this. He's not that. Don't mind him. This and that. Not trusting lowers you. So, you are likely to do well. Yes. You are likely to do well when you are trusting. Yes. And when you have faith. Faith is an assurance. I'm sure. I'm sure of this. All right? Now, turn to the person sitting next to you and say, I don't know if I can trust you. I tell the person, I don't know if I can trust you. I, I want to. I want to. I want to be happy. I don't know if I can trust you. As a person, can I trust you? Now, so number one, likely to be rich when you have faith because faith is to be trusting. Faith is trusting, the assurance, I'm sure. Number two, faith is obedience. And obedience is faith. Yes. Obedience is faith. If you have faith, you are obedient. That's all. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 22, it says, At Tabera and Massah and Kibroth Hatava, you provoked the Lord to wrath. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, go up and possess the land which I have given you. Then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. You believed him not, nor hearkened to his voice. You believed him not. You believed him not, nor hearkened to his voice. You believed him not. Amen. Now, likely to, to be rich, faith. is that if faith should be there, and faith is obedience, likely to be rich, likely, likely. That one, I, I, I'll, I'll give it to you. Likely to be rich. Go to any job, any work, any job, and be obedient. Likely to be rich. Likely. Any job, I tell you, no matter the job, no matter the job, faith is obedience. It says, look at the scripture. Scripture man, hello man, hello man. Likewise, when the Lord sent you to Kadesh Barnea, go up possess the land which I have given you, you rebelled. This is Moses recounting things. You rebelled against the commandment of the Lord 
and you believed him not, nor hearkened to his voice. You didn't listen to him or you didn't obey him and you didn't believe him. All together. They are always together. Not believing and not obeying. Likely to be rich. One day I met someone who got a new job somewhere. And I told the person, I said, look, you know what, what, is, what does your boss want? Because I'm also an, I mean, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm also an employee in a sense. Yeah. I said, find what the person wants. Try to do, do that. Don't join politics at work. Don't join unions that fight against the highest authorities. Don't join those things. And find what the person wants and do that. <laughs> One day I met someone who had a certain kind of and I knew something about that kind of person. I said, look, this man eh, is after something. Just do what the person wants. Yeah. Don't try to form a union of Fantis or a union of Ashantis or a union of the type of group this type of person is just after money. I said, that's why the person is in Ghana. Concentrate on the work. Don't join groups and become funny. Likely to be rich. If he wants something, don't speak behind the person's back about why is he saying this and what is that and it's difficult and it's like this and like that. Don't join that group. That group is likely to be poor. The group that speaks behind the boss's back is a group likely to be poor. And don't join that group. Do what the person wants to be done. Likely to be rich. The group that speaks about the person behind his back likely to be poor. I read your Bible. I didn't write the Bible. It says you didn't obey. You didn't hearken. You rebelled all together. Don't obey. Don't believe. Don't listen. Don't take it. Don't, don't like it. So those who are going to be rich, they, they believe. They obey. Yeah. You know what I am doing here? I'm teaching the word. Because in 1988, the Spirit of God came on me and said, from today, you can teach. From today, you can teach. That's what I try to do. Yes. Hebrews 11, verse 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham, he was called to go to a place which he should receive for an inheritance. And he obeyed and went out. He obeyed and he went out, not knowing where he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Faith is obedience. He said he went out by faith. Which is what? By obeying. Obeyed. Underline obeyed. Then the next sentence says by faith. Abraham is by faith. By faith Abraham when he was called he obeyed. 
Faith is obedience. So I have faith. It means I have obedience. I have faith. It means I have obedience. I have faith. I have obedience. Likely to be rich. Likely. What God hasn't told me to do, I don't bother much with that. The gospel and staying on the gospel, salvation. Oh, yes. You heard these children testify. This, the, the preaching was, who is Jesus? Where is she? Who is Jesus? Were you there? Where is she? Who testified about listening to who is Jesus? You listen to who is Jesus? Come, my dear, come. Microphone. You, you, you listen to, what, what did you listen to? What was the message? Um, it was on, who is Jesus? It was on Facebook Live. Who is Jesus? Yes, please. Do you remember what it was about, who is Jesus? Um, I remember that the message that it was talking about salvation, and I don't remember specifically what Yeah, you don't remember, about. but you remember the question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Who is Jesus? It's even a song. Yeah. It's my favorite song. Huh? It's my favorite song. It's your favorite song. Yes. <laughs> it's her favorite song. Who is Jesus? Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. Who is Jesus? Yes. Somebody said, I don't have revelation, so I'm, I'm just preaching basics. <laughs> I don't have revelation, preaching basics. Beautiful. This is, what is greater than Jesus? Amazing. How many would like me to continue to be obedient and preach about Jesus? And how many of us are going to be obedient and continue talking about Jesus Christ? Yes. Yes. Thank you, my dear. Beautiful. Who is Jesus? When you are walking by faith, you obey what you are told. Amen. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 1. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. She obeyed not. She received not correction. She trusted not. Notice they are always together. Obey not, trust not, receive not, correct not. Don't marry this one. Obey not, receive not, correct not, trusted not. Too much. Ask your neighbor, are you like this? I don't know who is he preaching to. Who is he preaching to? Is there somebody here who is like this? It seems I'm preaching to an abstract message today. Like it is unrelated to the human beings that are here. 
I trusted God that God will take care of you. Sing it. Take care of you. Let's sing from the top. Let's sing from the top. Be not dismayed. When I was coming to full-time ministry. Be tight. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. I thought so. I thought so. God will take care of you through every day. Through every day. All of the way. All of Not, not even full time. I don't think I've ever decided to be full time. I don't think I've ever decided to be full time. But I decided to serve God with all my heart. It's not, I, I, I don't remember ever because there was nothing to trust. Nothing to be employed in. I still haven't yet received my letter of contract. <laughs> but I thought, I thought I would be okay. If I trusted him, I thought everything would be okay. That's, that's how I felt. That God would take care of everything. That it would be alright in the end. That no matter what I went through, somehow, by the grace, by the grace, by the grace, God will take care. Sing it again. From the top. Whatever, whatever that means, God will take care of you.
somebody who has faith, trust, likely to do well. Now, as I'm preaching, people who have not trusted and have suffered for not trusting and not believing know and understand my, my message. But those of you who have never experienced a serious setback because you didn't trust, don't understand what I'm saying still. And I want you to ask yourself, what does it really mean not to trust? God, reveal it to me. So that if I'm not a trusting person, I can be healed of that characteristic if I'm not trusting. But if you ask me, the most evil that has been done to me and the most negative that I've experienced as a human being and as a minister is basically from people that don't trust. Not that they even, yeah, not that they want to do something bad to me, but they don't trust. Yeah. A lot of my messages have to do with trying to get people to trust. Number three. So number one is what? Faith is obedience. No, faith is trust. Number two, faith is obedience. Number three, faith is obedience in little things. Little things. I never took the little things as seriously as I do now till I listened to Derek Prince talking about when God called him. And he said the Lord told him he must be very careful to obey. God said, he said God said in a voice, be, be careful to obey me in the big things and in the little things. That's what, that was the call of Derek Prince. The big things and the little things. Be careful to obey in the big things and the little things. Now, when you go along, you're likely to find that the little things are more important than the big things. They are the things that lead to success. Yeah, not the big things. What's the difference between Ghana Airways, which no, long, no, no longer exists, and Air Ghana, which no longer exists, and KLM? for instance. Little things. The big things are the same. If you go to the airport now, you see a plane. Ghana Airways, it's a restaurant. I don't know if they're, they're operating the restaurant. Have you been to that restaurant before? Is it nice? Okay, anyway. That, that plane, you know, in Ghana, Ghana doesn't make planes yet. I think you know that. We don't yet have a factory to make planes. So every plane we have is bought from somewhere. It's either from America or Europe, Boeing or Airbus. These are the only two people that make planes, really. Okay, I think. I'm sure others make as well. So, we, the big things were the same. It's the small things that were different. Yeah, the small things that were different. The big one is a plane which cost $50 million for one. That one is the same. Okay, and we have the same of the big ones. But the differences are in the small things. The big thing, everybody has bought the same thing. $50 million for a plane. Everybody bought it. The small things are the difference. This one says, I'm leaving at 745. Leaves at 745. This one says, leaving at 745. He leaves at 2 a.m. The little things that make the difference. The attitude of the people the behavior of the people, many, many things, the food, little things make the difference. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, obey God. Obey in little things. Because many things that are important, there is no way to know why they are important. There's no way to know why they are. Many times when you go to the doctor, the doctor may tell you, take this at this time. Take this at this time. Take one of these in the evening. And one in the morning. Yeah. But because you may not know why he's telling you to take this at this time. Oh, yes. Because he wants you to take this in the evening because the one you took in the morning is, is worn out by the next morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to frighten you with things. Yeah, I don't want to frighten you. Oh, yes. There are many little, little things. But I realize that people don't really ever they just say one thing. Do this. It's important. And they, they leave it to you. And you don't, you don't take it seriously. So, little things. Marriage is not destroyed by big things. The big things are there. There's a male and a female. And they're all there. Those are the big elements. It's the smaller things that destroy. Oh, yes. The differences in marriages are not like there's no food here, there's food here. There's no this here, there's this here. There's no this here, there's this here. The big things are there. But then it's little things. And then the marriage is, is changed. In the ministry, it's little things. So, for me, but you see, the thing is that pride makes you disdain little instructions. It makes you despise and look down and say, what is this? It's not important. Why? Why do you say that? You are too fast. You are saying this. What is it? Not necessary. You are a man. That's why you are saying this. This and that. Wow. So, very, very important that you ask yourself, what are the little instructions? What are the little things? My father told me, don't drive somebody's car. I just have it in my mind. Daddy said, don't drive somebody's car. That's all. I I never drive people's cars. One day, a church member was giving me a beautiful Mercedes-Benz to use. I said, my daddy said I shouldn't drive. I said, grown up. I said, my daddy said I shouldn't drive people's car. I beg you. Unless it comes for me with a driver, which I don't need. I can't drive your car. Oh, yes. I can. I will never drive it. My daddy said I shouldn't drive people's cars. I've seen people have accidents with people's cars. They have not yet bought their own car, but they have bought somebody's car. Huh? <laughs> oh, yes. One of the little instructions we've had over the years is, you know, don't, don't be in debt. All these mortgages and all these big sounding words, they are, they are not, don't be impressed with it. They themselves don't understand the words they are using. How can you create a new language for finances? How can it be that science students don't understand when you speak, when you give speeches? As though science students are so daft. They don't understand things. When, when it came to the crunch, you couldn't do science. But most of the people dis- dismissed it. And most of them struggled to prosper. Most of them have struggled to prosper. Likely to be poor. Most of the people who had mortgages are poor. Most. If they are rich, they should show me that they are rich. Everything she showed me that most, almost everybody had the mortgage. For and somebody said to me in the bank, eighty percent of those who take the mortgage are never able to pay. They don't, they don't live to pay it. 
They can't pay. Amazing. Simple instruction. You can listen to my camp, what is your life? You hear me talking about it. Yeah. Just as this sister said, she gave her life to Christ, then she went and listened to a camp ready at 20. We take, listen to messages. Listen to camps. Oh. Um, who is the one who listened to ready at 20? Same person. Come here, my dear. You deserve to be famous. You listen to which camp? Ready at 20, please. And what did you learn? Um, well, the, what stood out to me most was that you took people at profit and you asked them like all the things that they've done by 20. And people were saying that, oh, I've been drinking, I've done drugs. And they were saying all the things that they've done by 20 years old. Um, and you were talking about how, like, you can be employed, like, you can be deployed, you can go to the military by 18 years old, and all these things that you can do by 20. So it's like, why can't you serve God by 20 years old? Why can't you do these things for God by 20 years old? So I was so convicted. Wow. She listened to the camp. And many of us are too big to listen to camps. Yes. You say, listen to camp. You can't. Yes, just press play. Is it a big thing to press play? And here she is. She's come all the way. Which part of America? Um, I just moved to the Bay Area in California. California, Bay Area. You know Bay Area? You don't know Bay Area? The camp is working in Bay Area. <laughs> you are in Medina, you don't want to listen to it. <laughs> hmm. Likely to be rich, obeying in little instructions. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, my dear. You, you'll be surprised I'll call you again. One day I saw somebody whose food was not nice. And I just gave one I just gave one word. That word would change anybody's food. Anybody who cooks and the food is not nice. Just that thing I told you. Just two words. You want me to tell you? I'll not tell you because you may still not do it. I told you to listen to camp. You don't listen to camps. is to obey even pleasurable commands. Even what? Oh. When God tells you to do something that is nice, do it. Don't argue. The Bible says, be not over-righteous. Why should you destroy yourself? Ecclesiastes 7.16 be not over-righteous. God told Abraham they were old and well-stricken in age. Genesis 18 verse 11. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed 
within herself. She did what? She laughed. Saying, um, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Even God notices your mockery and your scoffing at his little instructions. Jesus is the one who was born of a virgin. Sarah was no virgin. She has tried and tried and tried. And she said, shall I of a surety bear a child which I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. See, some people always argue. What was Sarah's small instruction? Have sex. Yeah. The angel of the Lord came and said, have sex with the old man. What? Old lady like me? Wow. Can you imagine? Sarah has to go and buy G-strings. Special panties and nineties high heels. Angel, you must be sick. You must be joking. You are not serious. What is this? We are in church. Oh yes. Most of the little things that you don't obey, that's where you end up in T-R-A-G-E-D-I-E-S. Tragedies. 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 Yeah. Tragedies. Yeah. And God said, do this. So why? Because you have your own ideas about what is God and what is godly. When you read the Bible and it's clear, you're against it. Tragedies. Tragedies of ministry, what I have seen. And you tell people little things, do this, do that. They don't do it. Tragedies. End of life, end of ministry. Be careful, you know, when you hear me preaching, right? You know, this last week I was with some people and I was encouraged by some of the testimonies they're giving. A lot of them, they just said, you know, I heard you saying this in a preaching and then I did it. You know, there's not going to be too many opportunities for us to talk one-on-one. A lot of the things are being addressed as we are preaching. Yeah. You better hear it. This is in the books. I'm preaching from my book, Faith Secrets. Yeah. There may not be that talking with you personally. Listen to it. Yes. Listen to it. 
and stem the tide of evil coming against you in your life. A lot of the huge tragedies, they are from small things that we, we joke with. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't say the tragedies. I can't describe the tragedies. If I tell you, you will say, don't say it. You tell me, don't say it. You tell me, please. You become afraid. You become depressed. A lot of the big problems, they come from small disobedience of little things. Oh, yes. You know, one time I had a dream and I concluded that this dream means I should marry now. Yeah. That's why, that's why I married when I married. I felt the Lord saying, marry now. Just marry. Oh, yes. A lot of people, you don't, you don't listen. When the Lord says this, that. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth. You still lie. You still deceive. Tragedies, 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 tragedies. Likely to be rich is a person of faith. Huh? You've gone. You are here. I thought you were leaving. Number five, faith is your attitude. Yes. To have a good attitude is to have faith. To have a bad attitude is to show a lack of faith. If you have a bad attitude towards me, you show that you do not believe what I'm saying. People have a good attitude towards those they think are important. People relax and develop a lackadaisical attitude and negative attitude towards those they have a low regard from. A moody person with a bad face will suddenly brighten up and look smart when she sees someone she fears or respects. Your attitude is a clear revelation of your faith and your beliefs. God is watching your attitude. Sarah laughed and mocked when she was in private, in, out of the presence of the angel. But the angel said, you laughed. But in her private moment, not to his face, not to his face, behind his back, behind the angel's back, she was mocking. She had a bad attitude. It's not just your obedience, but your attitude. Resistant, disobedient, stubborn, defiant attitude. Coughing, mocking, not impressed. Not impressed. What's your attitude, friend? How many have had a bad attitude at home before? Raise your hand if you've had a bad attitude. A bad face. An icy, stony face. Yes. God noticed Sarah laughing. And he noticed her attitude. Your faith is your attitude. Are you there? Yes. 
Listen. A little thing can affect you. You know, one day I was on a plane and uh, we were ready to take off. Then the pilot, the, the, we had stayed on the plane for some time and the pilot said that there was ice on the plane. So they're going to de-ice the plane. So we have to wait for another whatever sitting on. So then we there, I looked out of the window and I saw these guys came with some machine and they were spraying us just to remove the ice. You know, and in my ignorance, I was sitting there thinking, water, ice, it's already cold. And when we go into the air, it will be cold. What is the big issue? They were spraying us. But one day I was getting on a plane and I saw something small. I, th- I think I was with somebody who knew about the planes. I, it's, if you, next time you get on a plane, you can look where the cockpit is. It's like a little rod like this. It just sticks out like that. When, when, I, when that thing is checking the speed and how high you are, that small little thing there. And you see Air France or other these planes flying over from Brazil to Paris. They just went like that. I was reading the analysis of it. They said that that thing was, they are not, that maybe it's not working well because there was ice on it. The ice that I was irritated that they are moving. There's ice on it. So, because, you see, the plane keeps moving like this because there's power in the engine. So it makes the weight go straight. Do you see? So when you reduce the power in the engines and the plane slows to a point, it will go down. So there's a balance between how fast and whether it can stay in the air. If you lower, the, it will still be on, but you lower it a little bit too much, it will go down. So, when it is not working, you can't tell how fast. You think that it's going fast because it feels the same. Hmm. But it's almost at the slowest point. Then you feel that maybe we are going too fast. If it's going too fast, the plane will also explode. So, you feel that it's going too fast, it's going too Fast, so let me slow it. So you bring it back. As soon as you bring it back, then it goes down. So you say you are sitting there irritated with the, the icing and the things they are doing. Hey, let's just hurry up. And I mean, we, we, busy. we were sitting here one hour. Your attitude about what is for your life. Likely to be rich. Those who obey, even the little things. We talk about Swollen Sunday. We talk about the children. We talk about shabby shepherding must go. Likely to be rich. Those who take it seriously. Likely to be poor. Those who don't take it seriously. You are ignorant. That's why you are irritated. Tell your neighbor, you are, you are ignorant. That's why you want us to close now. That's why you want us to close. I don't feel anybody wants us to close, but I, 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 I feel I should say it. 
How many of you want the, the thing that is checking the speed? It's just a small thing. How many want yours on your plane to work? <laughs> because when you are flying, you cannot tell. When it's going, hoo, 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 you never know how fast it's going. How many understand what I'm saying? That when the pain is a little too slow, it will drop out of there. Yes. I mean, it's physics, but you know, I know the art students will struggle with this. Hallelujah. Are you excited about faith? Yes. Faith. Faith. Faith will help you. Now, Faith will help you to emerge out of every weakness. Yeah. Through faith. Many problems cannot be solved except by faith. Faith in God. Hebrews 11. Likely to be rich. What's her name again? Is it Teron or Leron? Uh, 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 Lauren. Lauren. I wish her video was here. Do you have it? Oh, put it on for me. Lauren. Where's Lauren? Are you here somewhere? Where is she? Ah, she's there. Now, just wait. Let let me get the video first. Hebrews 11. Who through faith? Are you with me? I'm ending in a moment, but I just want you to get that faith likely to be rich. Likely to be rich. Hebrews 11 verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms? Wrought righteousness, obtained promises through faith, stopped the mouths of lions through faith, quenched the violence of fire through faith, escaped the edge of the sword through faith, and out of weakness were made strong. Your weakness, you're going to come out of your weakness by faith. I'm telling you, There are many weaknesses in our lives likely to come out of it if you have faith in God. I I don't know what weakness it is. Somebody testify, I have girls, I have boys, I have this weakness, pornography, whatever. Yes. Come and look at my sister here. Come. Lauren, come. Let 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 me give her a testimony quick. Just shut. Give me a microphone. Beautiful. Come here, my dear. What happened to you? Where, where were you in the world? Hello. Hello. Yes. So Hello. I had addictions. I had addictions to drinking. You are living in which country? England. And I always partied. Parties? Like dancing? <laughs> Parties? Yes. Yes, please. And I had addictions to alcohol. Drinking. Weed. Drinking. What sort of drinks were you drinking? I was drinking white rum. White rum? Yes. Please. Was your favorite? Yes. White with rum water. was your favorite. White rum with mixed with water. Mixed with water. Yes, please. Um vodka. What, vodka? Um, Whiskey? Covossier. What? Covossier. Covossier. What's that? It's a drink. It's, <laughs> okay, sorry, I don't know much. Yes. Uh, what else did I drink? I drank nearly everything. I drank You drank nearly everything. Yes, please. Okay. In the mornings or in the afternoons? So I would drink all day. I wouldn't really eat. So I would drink for breakfast. You wouldn't eat. Please don't talk. Don't talk. You wouldn't eat. No. You drink. I would drink for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yes, please. And what else were you taking? Um, and I was taking weed. I was smoking, so I'd take cocaine. I would smoke cigarettes, and I would smoke weed. Weed. Wow. Yes, please. That was your life. That was my life um, for quite a long time, wow. from the age of 16. 16. Yes, please. Wow. Yes. Till what age? Till I would say about 25. And what happened? How, how did you get sick? So I met, there was these two girls, I was walking home from work and there was these two girls called Victoria and Toyin and they stopped me. I knew what they were coming to stop me for, but I tried, I just said that, let me just let them talk. Um, you, you, you knew she, she was walking along the street and she saw two girls and she had an idea what these people are coming to talk to her about. Yes, please. Um, so I let them speak and they asked me if I know, they asked me if I believe in God and if I go to church. I told them I don't go to church, but I do believe in God. Um, and they took my number. Um, in my mind, I was, that was going to be the end of it. I wasn't going to answer their calls or anything. Um, they took your number? Yes, please. They took her number and she said, that's the end. I will never de see these two girls again. I don't want to see them in my life. Um, but they done something smart. They followed me home. They followed you home? They followed me home. <laughs> you see, these are an Akazo, an Akazo follow-uppers. They, they did, you see, they took her number, but they were, she said they did something smart. They followed her home, not just taking your number in case, you know, the number doesn't work. Let's go to the house. <laughs> So, yes, they followed me home, and then the next week, um, they phoned me to go to church. I didn't want to go to church, but they ended up coming and knocking on my door, asking me, telling me that they're going to wait in my house until I get dressed to take me to church. They said they were going to wait in your house? Yes. Wow. So that's what they done. And um, you went to church? I went to church with them. And when I went to church, the first thing I noticed was the dancing stars. You noticed the dancing stars? Dancing stars, you are saving many people. Yes. So um, that's what I enjoyed. So I carried on going to church every single week, but only because of the dancing stars. I didn't go for anything else. Um, and then it was in London in the holidays, the summer holidays in August. Were you still drinking? And all? I was still drinking. I was still drinking a lot. So I would go to church. I would party. I would party before church, wake up and go to church. Um, that was my life and work as well. So I would work. So she drink. was partying and coming to church. So that's why, keep coming, because the power of God is there, isn't it? Yes. yes. So then in August, there's in London, they have carnival. Carnival. The last weekend of August, Sunday and Monday. And um, I went to the carnival, and I drank myself unconscious. Um, you drank yourself unconscious? Unconscious, I drank myself unconscious. The last thing I remember is telling my friend that I need to go to the toilet. And I pulled down my trousers, and that's it. I don't remember anything else. The last thing she remembers was that she needed to go to the toilet. She pulled down her trousers, and then that was it. She went off. Um, and that's when I have the video of my friend recording me in the ambulance. Then she was put in an ambulance. She was dying. Look at her on the ambulance dying.
Yeah. That's her. Keep play it again. What's that? What's that? Have you been drinking? After, no. now, what happened now? So after that, I, when I, was, I remember waking up in hospital um, and I was in tears and I didn't have no one to talk to. I didn't know who to phone. Um, I just didn't know. So the, pers- the person who I phoned was the people who outreached to me. The people who came to, to you and followed you, outreached to you. Yes. She called them. Wow. And they came to you. And they came. Um, they consoled me. And then the next week I got saved. When I went back to the church. Next week, you got saved. When I went and to so church. now, where's the white rum and the weed? Oh, I don't drink at all. From that day, I haven't drunk, I haven't smoked, I haven't done anything, I haven't touched anything. Wow. <laughs> wow. From that day, she has never drunk, never smoked, never taken weed again. Look at the video again. Look at it. Look at it, the video again. Look, look at it. Listen, by faith, you know, not by any medical whatever, through the power of Jesus Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? It says, they emerge out of weakness to salvation. Look at it. By faith, out of weakness, were made strong. Today she's in a Bible school. Today she's in a Bible school. She's a, a nurse. I'm a midwife. She's a nurse. She's a qualified midwife in the UK. She's a qualified midwife in the UK and that's she said I want to serve the Lord out of the weakness you tell me how are you going to get out of alcohol how are you going to stop no you just show me how to stop smoking how to stop drinking how to stop cocaine how to stop and from one day that's all by faith Jesus Christ savior of the world hallelujah give the Lord a mighty clap of him thank you Oh, yes. Likely to be rich. Faith. Yes. People who have faith in God. Yeah. There are many things only faith can do. Yeah. Faith. Not education. Education she has. But the kind of problem. Bible says by faith they emerge out of weakness. I don't know what weakness you have in your life. But I'll tell you that uh, Christ has this power by those who have faith in God. Faith makes the impossible possible. Yeah. 
Believing in God is a very great thing. It's not the same as education. By faith, you will emerge out of your weakness. Hallelujah. Are you excited about faith? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Faith will put out every fire that is burning in your life. Bible says the shield of faith will quench. Look at it. It quenched the violence of fire. What is raging in your life? What is burning? The power of God will put out the fires that are burning in every life that is here today by the power of Jesus. Any fire that is burning, I speak to the fire. And I say, fire, go out now. Go out now. Whatever is consuming, fire burns and consumes. It's consuming you. It's consuming you. It's consuming you. It's consuming you. By faith, they quenched the violence of fire. Have faith in God. Become trusting. Become obedient. Likely to be rich. Become trusting. Become obedient. Have a good attitude. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Without faith, you cannot please God. You are likely to do well when you are a person of faith. Even at your workplace, you are likely to do well because you are a man of faith. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for your word that is saving our lives today. We are grateful for faith, Lord. Faith will put out every fire that is burning. Every bad situation is reversible by faith. Faith will shut the mouth of lions in your life. By faith, you will emerge out of your weakness. By faith, you'll become a strong Christian, overcome addictions and curses, and neutralize curses that are operating in your life. Lift your hands and give him thanks. Father, we thank you for personal counseling that has taken place today for many watching and hearing. We thank you that you are a beautiful Jesus, a wonderful saving Jesus, that you're saving our lives so beautifully today. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, by faith we'll follow you. By faith we'll obey you. By faith we'll go to the ends of the world. Thanks a million, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, lift up your hand right now. By faith, receive Jesus as your Savior. If you are here, maybe somebody invited you, but you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today. As we close the service, just lift your right hand quickly. God bless you. I want to give my life to God. If you are here like that and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, walk to me in the front here. Come with your hand lifted up. Come with your hand lifted up. And come all the way. Yes, come from where you are standing. I want to just pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. I want to just pray with you as we close. I want to give your heart to God. Today is your day of salvation. Like the lady testified, you can be born again. God bless you. Quickly, come and let us pray together. Okay, close your eyes and let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
please forgive me for my sins. I give my heart to you. I'm sorry for all my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. I repent of all my sins today. Thank you for saving me. Wash me with the blood of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. All of you who've come forward, follow the sign, follow me. And this way, they are going to share something with you. Go this way. God bless you. Clap for them as they go. God bless you. Take your Holy Communion. By faith, we are receiving the bread of life. John 6 and verse 50. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. Father, we kneel before your bread, the bread of heaven. Bless us and heal us through this amazing gift. We receive healing and help. The body of Jesus Christ. Now the blood. May your sins be washed and cleansed. And like Paul, may you have another chance through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. Now, somebody watching me or listening to me is about to be destroyed through marriage. Lift your hands. It's not going to happen. May the Lord save you from wickedness that is launched against you through marriage, through relationships, through boys and through girls. Be set free. I command and demand your deliverance. You're setting free from captivity, from chains from arrows, from spears in Jesus name may the blessing of the Lord accompany you and be with you all the days of your life now whatever is a financial stress or pressure on your life may that financial stress and pressure break from your life right now in Jesus name Lift your hand and receive a good and a new and powerful job. Oh, the blessing of the Lord rests upon your life right now. Thank you for new, new jobs and testimonies and blessings. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. God bless you. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember... 
God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.